0: plushcare.com slash weight loss hey everyone scott hansen here from nfl red zone i hope you're checking out one hour of five yard rush one of the best podcasts on nfl football in the u.k
1: Welcome to the Five Yard Dynasty show. My name is Hannah, your regular host. And today we're going to walk through uh, week three and do a review just before the start of week four. So let's take a quick look at the top scorers of the week. Well, that 70 burger from the Dolphins really kind of put them in the spotlight pretty much this week. But looking at quarterback, your quarterback one this week was actually Justin Herbert with 29.3 fantasy points. QB two. To lower obviously, of the Dolphins, 28.3 points. And the QB3 this week was Lamar Jackson with 28.2 points. Looking at running back, well, the Dolphins dominated this position this week. The running back one was Devon Achain. I think I might have said that wrong since he's asked it for it to be changed. He had 51.3 PPR points. Now, that's pretty impressive since he pretty much was going from the bench so I think we're going to start to see him being a bit more involved the running back two, Raheem Mostert 45.2 ppr points and then the running back three this week Kenneth Walker with 30.6 ppr points moving on to wide receiver well Keenan Allen seems to be staying in kind of that top three range over the last few weeks he's actually wide receiver one this week with 45.5 ppr points Not far behind in wide receiver two, Devontae Adams with 42.2 PPR points. That team seems to have a really tight kind of target tree. So I think he's going to be staying in uh, certainly wide receiver one contention every week. And then surprisingly this week, wide receiver three is Adam Thielen with 31.5 PPR points. Obviously, Andy Dalton took over as quarterback this week and clearly had a chemistry with Adam Thielen. Looking at the tight end position, tight end one this week, rookie is is uh, topping the list with Sam Laporta with twenty two point four PPR points, smashing all of our perceptions of rookie tight ends. Tight end two, Travis Kelsey, nineteen point nine PPR points, and then tight end three, George Kittle with sixteen PPR points. He often seems to benefit when one of these other pass catchers is out of the lineup, and here we are again with him coming up as the Titan three. Moving on to some news this week. Once again, we've got injuries to discuss, which is really upsetting for the players and also for our fantasy teams. Unfortunately, um, absolutely gutted. Mike Williams out for the season with a torn ACL. Um, It's a massive loss for the Chargers, and I do think it's going to be difficult to kind of fill his role within this team. But ultimately, it will be down to two players, Josh Palmer and Quentin Johnston. So far this season, Palmer has actually been the one that's been running as a wide receiver three and he's been on this field for substantially more snaps than Quentin Johnston, so he's been on for about 60% of the time versus Quentin Johnston's 25%. The team have been trying to bring QJ on slowly but I think that's probably going to change now that Williams is out for the season. I do think as it stands at the moment that Palmer will take on a bigger role and obviously be that wide receiver too, but Quentin Johnston is likely going to see more playing time now, as I say, more through necessity than choice. Now, depending on how he handles this opportunity, I do think there is a chance that ultimately by the end of the season, you know, as we're getting into playoff time, he could potentially overtake Palmer. Um, But I think we're going to have to kind of see how things play out there. If you do need an immediate starter, then obviously Palmer is the guy to own because I do think he's going to get that wide receiver two role initially but if you did pick up Quentin Johnson your rookie drafts or you've got him on your team I would be monitoring that situation closely because he's going to get more opportunity now and let's hope that he starts to to use it and we start to see more from him and I do think if he starts to take on a larger role and he is playing well then he could potentially become much more fantasy relevant moving forward later into the season Another injury to discuss is one that happened to Derek Carr this week. He had an AC joint sprain in his shoulder. Now, thankfully, that doesn't seem to be a season-ending injury. They were saying that he's week to week. It's looking like, um, at this point, he's going to be out for, for week four and maybe future weeks, so we need to keep an eye on that. Obviously, in the meantime, Janus Winston steps in. For this past catchers, I actually don't think it's too much of a downgrade. Like, we do know he has supported pass catchers for fantasy purposes in the past. Obviously, when he was the starter in Tampa Bay, Mike Evans actually did finish as a wide receiver one for four seasons while he was the starter. So I do think that he could still support some guys. So looking at when he came in last week in the fourth quarter, Michael Thomas got six receptions for 50 yards. Chris Alave got three receptions for 46 yards so they are throwing the ball, he is targeting his receivers, I do think that they could or will stay fantasy relevant. While he's a starter, looking at kind of super flex leagues, look if you've got to start him, I wouldn't necessarily be against it, he can be quite a baller and he's a gun gun slinger, so we may see some fantasy points coming up, but we do know that he can be a bit up and down and those interceptions are always a risk, but if he's playing well and he has a good week, I think he could be in quarterback two territory. But it's very difficult, difficult often to um, fully ascertain exactly what Winston is going to do. So I would say a risky QB2 this week. So let's have a look at some players whose stock has gone up over the first three weeks of the season. The first player we must discuss is Keenan Allen. He is absolutely smashing it this season. I think Kellen Moore is getting him into some fantastic situations where he knows he excels. Currently, he's running more than 56 of his routes from the slot. He's currently had a 29, 26, and 42% target share this season. That's resulted in him having 49. Uh, Targets and 32 receptions over the past three weeks. He is doing fantastically well, but we do know ultimately that he is getting older. He's 31 now. So, if I do have him on a rebuilding team, I'm definitely looking to trade him for a contender. And if I'm a contender that's pushing for a championship, he is the type of player that I'm looking to go and target in a trade. So, go and have a look in your leagues who's got Keenan Allen? Might they be willing to trade him? See what you can go and get him for. I think if you're a contender, this is one of the guys you should be targeting. The next guy that's a stock-up guy, Zach Moss. He was thrust into a starting role, obviously due to Taylor going on to IR. He did miss week one when he fractured his arm, but since then, when he's been back in week two, the Colts have been putting everything on his plate. In week two, he saw every single running back touch, and then in... Uh, week three he had an 83% opportunity share obviously they did pick up Trey Sermon and he is mixing in a little bit but ultimately this is Zach Moss, Moss's backfield it seems like the Colts are basically going to use him as much as they possibly can until or if and when Taylor comes back now there's been murmurings on X again that Taylor's saying that he doesn't want to play with them anymore and they're saying that they don't want to give him a a long-term contract so there may be a trade coming up he may never play for the Colts again so Zach Moss may continue in this role further into the season than we were expecting. Volume is king in fantasy football and Moss has certainly been making the most of his opportunities so far. He isn't going to be the lead back forever you know even if Taylor goes I can see them bringing in another running back next season so for me if unless you need him or if he's you know extra on your team, this is the perfect sell high opportunity to a running back needy team. So keep an eye out. As I say, if you if if you must start him, you're in a contention, then of course keep him. But if you're anywhere you know bottom half of the league and you're thinking you're gonna ultimately have to rebuild this season, then I would be looking to sell him to a running back needy contender. Another running back here on our stock up list. DeAndre Swift. Kenneth Gainwell was back from his rib injury this week so I was really interested to see how is this backfield going to be split. Swift he did get the start and he did have the high opportunity share although it was only 53% to Gainwell's 47%. However Swift made the most of his opportunities. He had 130 yards on 16 carries and he broke off two big runs and six first down. In comparison, Gamewell had only 43 yards on 14 carries and he didn't manage to get any big runs or create any first downs. If you have a look at the splits, Gamewell was used in all of the kind of garbage time fourth quarter. So it's possible that Swift, you know, moving on in kind of less favourable uh, scripts and game, games, um, he may see more of the work, but we're going to have to see how that plays out. I just don't think that the Eagles can ignore Swift production. And I think ultimately he's going to become the clear lead back in this backfield. I think he is the guy to own. He's clearly making the most of his opportunities. And I think he is going to continue to be a starter for you in your teams.
0: Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it.
1: So moving on to stock down, Um, one of the guys that we thought would be a great handcuff, unfortunately, following Austin Eckler's injury was Joshua Kelly. And the Chargers rushing game looked absolutely on fire in week one when both Eckler and Kelly were in the lineup and they both finished as running back ones. Obviously, it seemed logical then. Eckler's off the injury. Kelly's going to take the lead role and run with it. He looked really great in week one. He has taken the lead role, but his output has left fancy managers with much to be desired. He did have a tough matchup in week two, meeting that tight and sturdy run defence, but he managed a mere 39 rushing yards on 13 attempts. So, you know, based on that, he did get a bit of the benefit of the doubt. And I know a lot of people then put him back into lineups because he was facing a much more favourable defence in week three, going to those Vikings. But unfortunately, he just didn't seem to be able to do anything. Once again, he did get the opportunity. He had an 86% opportunity share, but he just couldn't seem to do anything with it. He only managed to get 12 yards on 11 rush attempts, which is a measly 1.1 yards per carry, which is really disappointing. And also, he was just not getting the targets that we were seeing from Eckler. So, unfortunately, I do think Kelly's poor performance over the past couple of weeks makes him impossible to start next week, to be honest whether Eckler is there or not, and I think his value as any kind of handcuff is also kind of ruined. So to me, unfortunately, I thought in week one maybe we're going to see a little bit of value from him, and we might be able to sell him high at this point, but I think unfortunately all that all of that value has gone. Eckler looks like he's starting to do a bit more work at this point. I suspect he'll be back maybe not this week but possibly next week. So unfortunately, stock down for Josh Kelly. The next guy, I mean, I didn't know or think I would ever say this. We've been talking about it for years. But finally, maybe Derrick Henry is no longer the king. I didn't really expect to be talking to him or about him so early this season. But it does appear that change is afoot in Tennessee. No longer is Derrick Henry the only running back to grace the field for 90% of the Titans snaps. In fact, over the last three games, Tajay Spears has actually outsnapped him in two of the three games. Last week, in week three, he was on the field for thirty-eight percent of snaps, while Tajay Spears was on the field for fifty-six percent of snaps. Now, this isn't the end of the world because he is still seeing the bigger opportunity share in this backfield, but this was a low point. Um, you know that that he's getting such limited snaps. Now, granted, you know, they didn't rush the ball very much this week due to a a really tough Browns defence and then playing from behind. But I think, unfortunately, with this Titans offence struggling, you know, I think it also means there's going to be less touchdown opportunities for him. And when they struggle, they're putting Tajay Spears in as the pass catching back. So I think, you know, unfortunately, Derrick Henry's time as a kind of auto running back one seems to be coming to an end. He hasn't finished as a running back one yet this season. And as I say, with the poor offense, Spears being more involved, I think unfortunately his time as the king moving forward is coming to an end. Still love him. He's a fantastic runner and he, you know, he always has been. But I think unfortunately, you know, things are are starting to change there. My next stock down player, DJ Moore. This isn't necessarily kind of an indictment of DJ Moore, but to be honest, just the Bears in general. This team is clearly struggling and they appear to be imploding right now. Um, and this, they seem to be set on the, on a track to earn the number on overall pick in the, in the NFL draft for a second year in a row. And, you know, it's only week three. Things may change, but it's really not looking good. The Bears and Justin Fields' struggles seem to be filtering down to DJ Moore and his production. In week one, he barely even saw the ball with only a 6% target share. I have no idea why they didn't use him more in that week. Now, they seem to have started to get him more involved in the past two weeks. He's had a 25% and a 30% target share. but This has resulted only in a wide receiver 21 and 24 PPR finishes. Now, you know, low-end uh, wide receiver 2, He's okay, but for his talent, I really think that, you know, he he could and should be high end wide receiver two, low end wide receiver one. But unfortunately, in this environment, it's just not going to happen. In week three, Justin feels three for just ninety-nine yards. Despite them trailing for the majority of the game, the only thing that kept DJ Moore as a wide receiver two was that touchdown that he got. You know, if he hadn't got that touchdown, he would have been way, way lower. I think at absolute best he's going to be a low end wide receiver too rest of the season. But the way that this offence is going, his floor is actually really, really low. It's really disappointing to see, you know, this for more um, you know, based on this bears offence, but this seems to be the way that it's going this season, unfortunately. So let's take a look at Rookie Watch. So every week I highlight some rookies that I'm either kind of keeping an eye on or have had good uh, performances in that week. And I just mentioned kind of what they've been up to and what I'm looking forward to seeing moving forward. So, of course, the first one we have to discuss is Devon Achan. I think I've said it right this time. Things were looking shaky for him at the beginning of the season. because Obviously, it was a healthy scratch for the first game. But obviously injuries have started to give him more of an opportunity and in week three, boy, did he deliver. I mean, it, it wasn't just him. Mike McDaniels is an absolute scheming genius and he just seems to know how to utilise his players in the best ways so that they can show off their skills Achan had 43% running back opportunity share uh, in week three, rushing for 203 yards and two touchdowns, as well as catching four targets for 30 yards and another two touchdowns. I mean, these Dolphins running backs absolutely dominated week three. I think Achan has um, kind of shown that he deserves more opportunities in this backfield and I think he's going to get them. I think he's going to continue to run behind Mustard for now as kind of the running back to 1B type thing, Uh, but he's clearly played his way into more um, time moving forward and I'm really looking forward to seeing what he does for the rest of the season. Now, I have had lots of him sat on my bench last week, which was very upsetting. I've put him in lineups this week. I'm just hoping he doesn't kind of flop, but based on what he did last week, I'm sure he won't. Let's have a look or we have to discuss CJ Stroud. He's quietly been putting up QB1 performances over the past two weeks. He's appearing calm and confident in the pocket and he's been out there delivering to his playmakers. Over the past two weeks, he's thrown for 664 yards and four touchdowns, finishing as the QB11 and the QB10 over this time. I mean, I think that's really great, you know, for a a rookie quarterback where we were, I think there were, kind of differing opinions on him. Some people thought he would be, you know, really good and some people thought mm, he's a pocket pass through. He might not be great for fantasy, but he's showing how, you know, how good he can be. He did take six sacks in week two, but he seems to have cleaned that up and he actually had no sacks in week three. Obviously, he is a rookie, so there are going to be probably still ups and downs, but so far he seems to have adapted really well to the NFL and I'm really interested to see him continue to develop over the rest of the season. And I think if he continues to go on this track that we're seeing, I think he could be a reliable fantasy QB for years to come. So really looking forward to seeing his development. I can't move on from Rookie Watch without discussing Sam LaPorta. I mean, the saying of Rookie's tight ends don't produce for fantasy clearly means nothing to him because he continues to dominate the Titan fantasy landscape. Since his first NFL start, is finished as a Titan 8, the tight end 8 and then this week the Titan 1. In week three, he saw a whopping 11 targets, which is a 36% target share, and finished with eight receptions, 84 yards and a touchdown. It seems to me that Amon Ra and Laporta appear to be kind of Goff's top go-to targets at the moment, and he's been schemed in as well. So I think he is a tight end one and a must start in all leagues until further notice. So I, I um, have been a proponent to be honest of of not drafting rookie tight ends I am from the rich cooling school Um, but looking at Laporta it kind of makes you question whether you should start to try and pick up some more of these rookie tight ends in in rookie drafts the other guy I I want to just kind of mention because he has been putting up great performances when he's been seeing the field is Marvin Mims I mean he's done nothing but make explosive plays when he's been on there But unfortunately, he's only currently on the field for about 25% of snaps each week. For the first two weeks, he was the fourth wide receiver on his team. But he now appears to have surpassed little John Humphrey. But he's still playing behind Brandon Johnston. But he's done a really great job. In week two, he had two targets over 100 yards. Um, and I think he had a touchdown as well. So when he's on the field, he's getting the ball and he's making explosive plays. So I really think we need to start seeing more playing time for him. And I'm really hoping that Sean Payton will actually give him that and see him on the field. So this week, I'm really excited to to see are they going to give him more playing time because I really think um, Mims deserves it. And I think potentially, if they do, he could become a good fantasy asset kind of one of those bench stashes to to keep an eye and see what's going on obviously if you drafted him in your rookie drafts you're going to see keep him on your taxi and see how things go um for the next few weeks i'm really interested to see again what a chan does what role is he getting how much kind of playing time is he going to get you know, what's the split going to be between him and Mostert, and I think then things potentially could get a bit more confusing when Jeff Wilson comes back, but it might be, unfortunately, that Mostert and Ashan have kind of played their way into those roles, and Wilson won't have kind of much um, of a role there. Really interested to see how that plays out, something we'll probably discuss next week as we see things how things have played out. Thank you all for listening to me and for catching up on the Five Yard Dynasty show. You know where we are at Five Yard Dynasty on X. Don't forget to follow our main channel at Five Yard Rush. Also, you can catch us on YouTube and obviously in your favourite podcast provider. So I hope you enjoyed that. And until next week, keep rushing.